Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, three high-quality comedians, Taylor Tomlinson, Delaney Fisher, and making her Tully Show return, Kelsey Cook. Taylor, Delaney, and Kelsey recently joined forces to host the Self-Helpless Podcast, giving the neurotic female perspective on New Age Guides to Life. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. What's up? Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having us, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were saying hi to the listeners or to us. I know. We all chimed in. That was a perfect white girl chorus. (laughs) Hello. The white Destiny's Child. Yes. (laughs) Are you, I know you're spelled comedians. Are you comedians? Have I been over-pronouncing the second half of that word? Have I been been Cajuning that unnecessarily? Uh, I go by comedian. I-A-N. What about yeah. you guys? I, I hate it when people say Me comedian. Why, <laughs> yeah. just because of the gender specificity? Yeah, I just don't, I don't know. Does I it just seem don't like, like a, it. Does it seem like a less than thing? I feel I like it's cool. It's, it, here's the thing. It's so similar to comedian that it's just different enough that people have to be like, the next one's a comedian. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they put a little extra like stank on it. And right. you're like, I don't, I don't like how you said that. Right. Like, Paprika just, on the end. Yeah. yeah. Seasoning. It's like saying mm. this next one's a lady. Get yes. ready for some lady views. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Get ready for this egg sack. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. Yeah, I don't know. So the three of you combined forces and decided to do a self-help podcast. Are you equally insane or is one of you more insane than the rest? I think we're (laughs) equally insane in different ways. Yeah, we all have our things. I mean, there seems to be a recurring theme on the show with Delaney's tits where she shows. I I, I caught a bit of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She shows her tits for many reasons, so that's like yeah. her little nugget of yeah. weirdness. Very I think open. I might be too open where I overshare to where like my boyfriend doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. He's like, I just don't need to know certain things about you. Um, <laughs> but my type of self improvement that I love is the whole minimalism movement, just having as little as possible. Yeah, you're oh, good okay. with that. You like she like threw away diaries and stuff. Oh I mean, yeah. She yeah, feels she was nothing. Brutal. I was <laughs> that's that's mad. Cold hearted. Cold. Yeah. 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 I think Delaney is the chillest of all of us, and I think minimalism adds up like adds up to that. Yeah. You probably... sound more like Santa Monica crazy. That that's barely nice. qualifies. Yeah. Very nice. I like Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah. Just that rolling around great. in the sand. This is oh, I, I love Venice Beach. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm probably the most I'm the youngest and I'm probably the most inexperienced. And I think I'm a little more closed off. And less chill. And I think, Kelsey, <laughs> tell me if you disagree. I think you're a nice, healthy medium where, mm. like, you put yourself yeah. out there and you're really open to stuff and you try things, but you're also, like, very perfectionistic <laughs> yes. and, right. like, very hard on yourself. And you know, I would say, do you yeah. think that's yeah, the that spectrum? Makes sense. I think so. There's, like, a little Drekel and Hyde situation happening in Kelsey's oh, yeah. brain at all times, I think. <laughs> Between, like, let's let loose and have fun, but, but do it right. Do it correctly the first time. <laughs> let loose perfectly. <laughs> Yes. Let's have fun, but let's not get all crazy here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let me phrase the same question a a different way. Uh, Which one of you would have a person in your life, maybe in your past, who would have the most insane story of you being insane? Be it a boyfriend, (laughs) be it a family member. Because I didn't really get an answer the first time around. Oh, I mean, probably Delaney. I think there's some, I don't know, Kelsey might have some stories as well. But I definitely have some stuff that if it got out would be real different uh i'd be a really <laughs> different person i mean i don't know i mean well, like I, what <laughs> well the boob stuff is just kind of the what do you call it the, the icing on the cake. yeah there's some more stuff in that regards that i maybe have done where i've oh been explorative in certain <laughs> ways um you know, maybe like some sex, some sex stuff. I, I, can we I, say sex I, stuff? I sort of gathered that. Yeah, yeah, you can say whatever you want. This is an uncensored show. Some kind of like, you know, some group things. <laughs> some group, 
some group projects. Yeah. Some group work. Some group work. Do you have That's some crazy cool. like skeletons in your closet? Well, I mean, we shared on the self helpless podcast that with feng shui stuff when I oh, was yeah. in college with my roommate, I told her that she couldn't put board games in a certain <laughs> area of the home because that was the love and relationship <laughs> corner and it would bring games into our relationships. And she was like, wow, you're a fucking witch. Like, that's <laughs> not normal behavior at all. Like, you shouldn't share that with anybody that you think that that's how life works. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely things where it's like, wow, yeah, that's not mentally stable at all. Right. Cut to years later where you're sharing them on a podcast. Yeah. Very publicly and converting us to feng shui yeah well it it works are you a feng shui guy mike i mean i have noticed that if i arrange my furniture a certain way i'm less apt to like bump into things okay (laughs) hey that's great very practical spatially feng shui yeah 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 i guess so but if you put like a couch in a certain corner you're like oh well this is interesting my you know life is a little better nothing nothing to that yeah one time we had i knew this guy very briefly who was i mean it looked looked and talked exactly like hulk hogan <laughs> except that his job was he was not an artist i'm sure he was in his spare time but he arranged like uh when there was an art show he okay. arranged the room with the art okay and he was like okay you guys go out for an hour and we came back, and he had, like, I mean, things that had been pieces of Halloween costumes became, like, chandeliers. Oh, wow. And it was fucking incredible. Oh, it was so wow. good. And the couches were, because we had this tiny little apartment in New York, had obviously been flush against the walls. Now they were sort of, like, pinched, like, curved inward, which should okay. have made no sense, but it actually made the room seem longer. So Ooh. I'm totally aware that you can work, this is decorating more than yeah, this interior design yeah. Yeah. Aware. Yeah. but, but um, what you do with your space okay I'm, I'm definitely a huge huge person I used to be incredibly messy when I was a kid I had to I waited all my life to get my own bedroom I shared it with my sister until we were way too old to be sharing a bedroom I okay. finally got it within Skywalker three... action exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might have had the force and <laughs> may or may not have within like three months I buried it in so much shit I could no longer like walk in there or sleep in there and I just started sleeping on the couch so Whoa. I was a particularly messy person. I believe we all know anal retentive. They, I believe there's a Freudian term that is anal expulsive. And I believe I was anal expulsive. <laughs> wow. Whereas, just shitting everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I couldn't go back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is crazy because the bathroom was right down the hall. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. And now I like kind of, if I'm going to do some work at home, I, I almost can't do it until I've completely cleared up and organize this yeah. space. That's how I am too. Yeah, so I've completely flipped on that. And again, not exactly feng shui, more, more cleaning the house, I understand. Yeah. But I no. do feel like I get the idea. That makes total yeah. sense. I mean, I said that before, that if your place looks like shit, you're going to feel like shit too. It yes. all correlates. What happened in your life that made you flip like that? Like, why did you make such a big change? I don't, nothing, there was no, there was no eureka moment whatsoever. I was still really shitty. I, I lost it. I mean, very literally uh, shitty. <laughs> lost the deposit of my first apartment because we let our cat uh, just like constantly defecate. And my, oh my, my God. roommate, my roommate had a cl- pile of clothes that it yeah. turned out we weren't changing the litter box often enough. So the cat oh, was just like, no. I'll make my own oh litter my box. Gosh. Oh my no. So uh, clearly I hadn't changed by the time I was 19. Okay. I don't know. Somewhere along the way, like, I think I, uh, a, a lot of people nowadays seem to really value like staying a kid forever and keeping in touch with their inner child. I really always liked the idea of being an adult, and I think at a certain point I was just like, I want to be an adult. And when I started to make a tiny little bit of money, like just like waiter money, yeah, and I was like, I have a home, you know, I have a car. Yeah. I want to take care of these things. Yeah, why would right. I? Why would I trash my shit? I spend a lot of money on it, and it kind of just went from there. Yeah, and then I married a super messy woman. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really? man. Yeah, mm. <laughs> just throwing Love the, it. the bobby pins everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad. My dad always told me, like, just ingrained in my head, like, you have to be clean, or boys like won't want to date you. Oh, mine you know, did too. like it, to the point where I'm like, oh my god, I have to do this. And now I'm just super OCD about my space and my boyfriend's a complete disaster and I'm like right. um, what about the other guy you know yeah. <laughs> what about the other yeah. guy you know. yeah my parents were like what kind of wife are you going to make if <laughs> you can't make your bed in the morning yeah. and I was like I don't know man just like I probably won't how about that a like, tiny child bride yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> you're 12 it's right around the corner yeah. <laughs> you've had your menses for two years <laughs> get it together you didn't prepare get this it. dowry for nothing yeah. Oh man. <laughs> These chickens are gonna die soon. <laughs> Get on Tinder. Yeah. Get your shit together, Taylor. <laughs> oh man. 
So you talked about, I believe, the art, the War of Art. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, yeah, I think I great. I think I went through that. Great read. Yeah, I'm sure it was at the time. Clearly didn't make any lasting impression. I think I scribbled down a bunch of notes. You know, like, yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. Gotta, and then got right. where those notes yeah. are. But uh, I, in the description, the capsule description you did for that episode, correct me if I'm wrong. You you pondered the question. Uh, are you more afraid of success or mm. failure? And I gather yeah. that is a war of art thing. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. That is that like? Did any of you say that you were more afraid of success than failure? Because that doesn't make any sense. I think <sighs> it. Honestly, I think it depends on where you are in your career. Because I think I'm equally afraid of both personally. Yeah. But if I have a lot of stuff happening in my career, I'm more afraid of success because it feels like that's what's. That's where it's leaning at the moment. But if nothing's happening, I'm more afraid of failure because I feel like that's the direction. Oh, that's I'm a good in. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think it just depends on where you're at. Because like if it. something's yeah. happening too fast, you feel like, oh, I'm not ready for it. I don't deserve it. And then if nothing's happening, you're like, why isn't anything happening? I'm obviously not good enough for anything to ever happen to me. I should go jump off a bridge. Like you're mm. just so hard on yourself either way. You from the Midwest? No, but people often think I am, and I don't Same. know if it's because of my face or the fact that <laughs> people have told me I have an a accent. very middle America kind of face. Thank I do. I'm very. I'm for the listeners at home. I'm very round and wholesome. Uh, uh, men don't even. Cherubic, I have Illinois, a, I have Ohio face. Features. She's wearing a lot of Green Bay Packers gear. Oh I know. It's, that's what it hat is. On. is it a Rockford, it Illinois hat? face. Yeah. <laughs> All so right. Nice. I'll, tur- I'll turn the cheese hat backwards uh, so I look a little more street. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I say on stage, like, I'm very wholesome. Men don't even picture me naked. They just picture me helping their mom on Christmas. <laughs> I did. I thought I picked up a bit of an accent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm very, uh, I, oof, I, yeah, it's bad. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm curious why in this day and age anybody would think that they might be undeserving of fame or success when we see so many people who bring nothing to the table who have so much <laughs> that's success. a great so point. you're scared you're that person yes yeah exactly i'm I think not that's afraid why. of it that's <laughs> right fine by well, me. you're very talented the rest of us are still working We're struggling yeah. i'm just saying i was i have a, a, a modest amount of success at this very moment in time and i used to wake up in you know and have night terrors that oh my god i'm never gonna do anything oh, with myself and wow. then i got a little somewhere a little bit right now and i'm like oh phew. That's yeah. better. That's yeah. I can't. I can't. I really yeah. explain to me what the fear of success would look like. So I hear that all the time, and I really can't relate. I'm actually equally afraid of both, but I also equally embrace both because in my head, there's pros and cons to failure, and there's pros and cons to success. Mm. And so for me, it's like okay, if I fail at this entertainment industry stuff, maybe I'll just be a really good mom and enjoy <laughs> yes. my life that way. Or you know, hey, if something takes off, we start touring together, and that that is going to change. There's pros and cons to that. I'm I'm loving my job, but maybe my social life is struggling. You have stuff like that yeah, in, in other aspects. Or relationship like is kind of strained. So I don't know. I'm kind of just along for the ride. But I get why people could be afraid of both. Yeah. Are you yeah, afraid yeah. of more of one or the other, Kels? Yeah, I think there's something, especially with uh, with comedians, where you have a fear that you're going to get some exposure and then not be ready for it. Like, yes. yeah. There's a very common thing with comedians where you look back on your material even just eight months before where you are and you're like, ugh, ugh, Mm. don't like, don't like that set or I don't like that joke anymore or whatever. And so you're always seeking that kind of exposure and TV spots and stuff like that. But then there's a fear that you're not actually ready for whatever you just got. So I think there's a fear of success in that way that you're going to regret it or something. Yep. Everything I've done on TV. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't want to split hairs, but that doesn't exactly sound like the fear of success because it sounds like if you get the shot and you're not ready well then you will fail mm-hmm. success oh. would just success would just be they've More offered failure. me a netflix special and yeah. i do it and maybe i look back on the jokes and i don't love them but like but people seem to like it and then i get start getting movie roles like that's what right. success is yeah. who would be who would be afraid of that what Ooh. is the downside it of depends that? on your definition of success also yeah. i think because i've you know like you look at Certain people, I was trying to think of who it is. I can't remember who said this, but I heard some comedian on some podcast or something talking about Amy Schumer and saying like, oh yeah, she's she's good for a 10-year comic. And I was like, oh my gosh, like even at 10 years, people are like, yeah, you know, you're fine for being 10 years in. And it's like, yeah. so should I just hibernate for the next 20 years until, <laughs> should I just hide in the Midwest 
doing bar shows right. until I'm like oh. good enough for people to see. Because even if you're successful and you do movies and stuff, you know, failure to you could be like losing the respect of your peers or something, right. or okay. certain people not thinking you're good, or your heroes not thinking you're good, or like you said, it could be getting those opportunities and then not receiving like critical acclaim for them or people not liking it and then you know having to go back to the drawing board yeah i'm afraid of isolation with success being so successful that you don't like start to trust anybody or you know like somebody always wants something from you and you feel like you can't relate to anybody anymore that's my that's my fear with like Mm, being ultimately very successful is like oh it just keeps leading to more things where i feel kind of alone well, That's okay, I kind of me. understand that. Uh, I mean, we're all many, many steps away from that, you know, Steven right. Seagal level of, yeah, of, right. of, yeah. of isolation. And I'd like to think that you could pump the brakes right. a little <laughs> bit if you wanted to yeah, somewhere along the way and settle into a comfortable level of celebrity. But I guess we do see that people who get close do tend to go for the brass rings. And maybe there is something that's more addictive and a to- intoxicating about being that close to the, you know, the top of the mountain than, than us mere mortals can realize. Yeah, right. Well, and also the bigger you get, the more that like the trolls come out and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I, I mean, you just talked about Amy Schumer. I think that's such a great example Mm -hmm. of somebody who, like, man, she is gone. If you look at her Mm -hmm. Instagram comments, like the comments on her pictures, there are so many people that are like, "I love you, you're amazing," and so many people that are like, "I fucking hate you." It's like, wow, that has to be hard just on a day to day basis to deal with that because that that didn't used to be her life you know it was just coming up and not having that kind of but if you get so much exposure it's really hard to turn that off and it happened very very quickly for her there weren't i mean she was a commodity before she became amy schumer but she was when she was on the jason ellis show like literally wrestling our co-host to the ground (laughs) i think her instagram was getting like you know several hundred or several thousand likes people going awesome great show And, and then it all of a sudden it was the TV show and the movie, and I think that the, to just wake up one day and be there has got to be yeah, that's tough. So strange, know. yeah. But great again. So that's like I think right there, such uh, she must want to keep that level of success. Yeah. But there are drawbacks to being that exposed all the time. Now that's got to be hard in ways. Yeah, and so. a different person might not handle it as well. Like Delaney yeah. was talking about isolation. Maybe if Delaney were in that position, she mm-hmm. would feel like, "Ooh, this isn't worth it." Like I just right. want to take an anonymous slap around Target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do boyfriend. love my Target. Famous, <laughs> famous movie star comedian strolling around bottomless in Target. <laughs> <laughs> bottomless. Love it. That's the new step. She's been uh, doing a lot of topless stuff. I have. Bottoms oh. are next. <laughs> oh man, I just like to go on the record that the group stuff just happened one time, <laughs> and it wasn't as crazy as you're Delaney probably thinking. Immediately regrets well, sharing. Like, I opened with that, and that was... Yeah. That was a strong choice. That was a very strong choice. Yeah. Everybody ought to once. Come on. <laughs> we're, only, we're only here once. That's true. YOLO. So we all uh, took a look at a, uh, a... I guess he's just not that into you qualifies as a self-help book. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure. I don't yeah. know if dating guy... Because when I think of self-help, I like self-help books, and I will. I did read The War of Art. And, uh, but I, that but, didn't stick for you? What's your favorite self-help book? I don't, yeah. I don't have one. It, What's like, enjoy... something that resonated with you the most? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you. Uh, recently, I was going through a tough time, and I read, and I'm, I'm somewhat embarrassed to admit this, um, Return to Love, which was... Oh, really? I you don't know. know. Oh, oh, but you, now that goes oh, on our list. That that is, yeah, must. Yeah. It sounds like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> so into it. It's sure like does. she's a... Uh, Approved. Okay. I guess there was, if I remember correctly, there was some sort of like Christian mystic in in like the 50s or 60s or something who like wrote a bunch of shit and nobody cared and, and nobody remembered. And then this one woman was like a train wreck and stumbled upon it. And her whole book is like, I deserve none of the credit. Like literally she just puts like clips from that lady's book. Oh, wow. And oh. then comments on oh, it. And to the extent that I remember, it, it, it's... It's just basically saying go towards go towards love, go towards the life source. And it's a really weird thing, and I've noticed this with self-help books, is whatever was going on with me at the time, it was like I couldn't put it down. It was like, yes, this is exactly what I need to hear. And then I recently felt like I could use a little bit of like a psychic tune-up, and I saw it, and I picked it up, and I was like, these words make no sense. This book is like gibberish. Really? There, so there was something kind of weird about, you know, when I was in a certain place, it really spoke to me. And I think that's my take. You know what got me into self-help books is um, Drew Carey's autobiography because really? he huh. thanked or dedicated it to 
like self-help authors because he's oh, like wow. I was totally like didn't oh. believe in myself you know why why should I be the one who's successful and he's like it's no one of them I read all of them oh wow you know I did not know that. and it gave That's me you know, it gave me this yeah. this insight you know that because I think what it does is unless it's a totally batshit crazy book um it just like centers you a little bit and it makes you more mindful yeah. it makes you think oh right what am I doing right you know and, and regardless of whether you then write your greatest wish on a piece of paper and burn it by the ocean or whatever <laughs> you are living with intent and with purpose and that in and of itself makes you know calms down the chaos in your mind yeah so it's 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 I almost think of self-help books the same way I think of like um alternative medicine aka placebos it can work <laughs> if you mm. if you believe it's working yeah, yeah but if it's working, then who the fuck cares if it's a placebo? Exactly, that's how we're feeling about the secret. We all uh, watch the yes. secret uh, documentary, if you can call it that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's like, hey, if it's helping people, it works. Right. Same thing with Tony Robbins. Oh, if Tony, Tony Robbins, Robbins is crazy. making people not kill themselves, hey, it works. Might yeah. not work for everybody, but it worked for one person. It yeah. works. Same with feng shui. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I don't can't measure the scientific energy in my apartment or whatever but if i'm putting a goals poster up but i'm looking at what i want to accomplish every day Mm -hmm. it's probably helping me move toward that more than if i wasn't seeing that every day so you know yeah yeah and again so much of where you're at like you brought up he's just not that into you we had the author or one of the authors greg barrett on because he's also a comic and Mm -hmm. we knew him through stand-up who can forget the greg Um, barrett show yes exactly so funny so good um which we're releasing that episode on this monday the 18th yes of september Mm -hmm. and delaney's first self-help book was also his second book that he wrote yeah with his wife co-wrote it's a he's it's it's called a breakup because it's broken and that was Mm. totally Mm -hmm. timing right yeah when you read that yeah i was i was 19 i'd just gone through the worst breakup I've ever been through. And yeah, it helped me just survive and feel like less awful, you know? Yeah. And it was so cool to actually talk to him face to face. I get that. Those, yeah, those, cool. w- w- those young breakups are just oh, so brutal. Oh, so like your world's so over. Yeah. yeah. You have no map for no. what you're supposed to be doing or feeling or what's normal. And oh my God. Uh, yeah. I would just break down and cry in front of strangers. I've mm-hmm. never done that before. Oh my God. How about since? Since <laughs> not so much, yeah, but pretty, pretty good. Shout out to Greg Barrett. Yeah, yeah, it's Greg. Isn't it yeah. funny how that Got first breakup is so horrendous, but then afterward, breakups are never that yeah. bad again because you're just like, well, you'll never get me that raw. No, the first cut is the deepest, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, the That's first how... cut is the deepest because it really it's is. it's you realizing that you can't trust your own feelings because you thought <laughs> this was it, yeah. and then it wasn't, and so now for the rest of your life, you're like, well, I feel like this is it, but it probably isn't. It's like, like that last yeah. time. Like the loss of innocence or, you know, mm-hmm. na- like naivety. Naivete. Naivete. Yeah. Naivete. Yeah. Comedian. I was just Some like, oh. English themes. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, people suck. Yeah. And people are going to continue to suck and I need to watch out for red flags of people sucking. That's kind of how that I your, felt. That was your takeaway, huh? That was my takeaway. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, you know, some guy might do this again. Yeah. Can I ask what you went through that you were feeling like you needed to go back to that book or uh, if you don't want to share that's fine yeah but. no I don't mind telling you I was um, I I, I, uh, I think I was just really overworked and I was just filling every available moment of the day with like well but that's that's not enough I should be doing this I should mm-hmm. be doing that yeah. yep. and I started to get I mean I again I feel lame admitting this but I started to get a really persistent like brain fog kind of thing where the harder I worked actually the less I was able to focus to the yeah. extent that I was like I'll wait six months and if and if it's still going on I'm gonna, like, gonna go to a doctor and wow. like, I went to like a neurologist and she's wow. just like 50% of the people that I see are about to die and the other 50% are are people who work too hard and I have a feeling wow. I have a feeling that yeah. you're in the second <laughs> half of that yeah but yeah. I really was like having trouble like just getting my bearings and and um you know I, I simultaneously wanted to move forward but was having trouble even taking care of the shit I need to do on a day-to-day basis wow yeah. so uh yeah that's Mo- so most, interesting mostly better now yeah I just blow shit off now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you get to. some you get some brain overcast yeah. the occasional yeah. cloud but yeah you're okay. yeah yeah none of the fog so that's why interesting very cool yeah. so i think i really needed something at that point yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah you can yeah you search for one of those books when you're just there's what else am i supposed to do right. like it's kind of like a I don't know, a last resort and a way to make yourself feel better before you seek actual, you know, professional help. Yeah, you're looking for connection. Yeah. Books always make you feel less alone. Right. And for what I was going through, I knew that drinking wasn't going to help because that typically would have been something that I would have done at least, you know, yeah. Um, 
and I'm a little bit older than I think all of you. I'm at the point in my life where I can have a couple of drinks and just be ruined the next day. So <laughs> yeah. I was just like, if I'm already I'm 84 I'm in my heart. So, <laughs> yeah, like, so if I'm ruined sober, having a couple of drinks is, is only going to make this worse tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And, and I still made that mistake. 20, 30, 40 times right. until it's finally like, okay, get a, get an Oprah book. Right. Get an Oprah book. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to make you feel worse. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, hey, reading yeah. this book, you already feel so bad yeah. that reading this is not going to, yeah. you know, make it worse. not going to make it worse. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the woman who wrote it is like a total crazy person. You know, and you <laughs> can kind of feel that coming through self-help Oh, yeah. You're, You're like, oh. they really wrote this for themselves. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best kinds. Yeah. But there's so many different genres of, of self-help. And it, like you said, it's so dependent on where you are in life. And what was so cool about interviewing Greg is that it was nice to like kind of bridge the gap to of like he was a stand up for years and years before he wrote that first book and kind of stumbled into it while he was a consultant at Sex and the City. And just hearing how he sort of embraced the like self-help culture and what it's been able to do for people and what he's been able to contribute while still being, you know, not like a total self-help junkie himself. He doesn't come off like that. Yeah. He's just seems like a very positive, grounded, funny person whose first love is stand-up, but just kind of fell into this other thing and realizes how beneficial it can be for for people who are in t- tough spots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very trustworthy. Very right. Real. Yes. Well, like, for all of the knocks on religion, religion used to kind of play a role in our society. It was a thing that you could at least, like, orient your... You know, I'm having a tough time. Well, I'll go kneel in a church and say right. something to the guy on the stick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the guy on the stick! <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's largely the guy on the stick that's <laughs> oh coming God. to a food court near you. Yeah, yeah. Guy on a stick. Oh it's one of those crackers God. from it's a... Mongolian. Yeah. <laughs> but when that went away, nothing really popped up to replace it. So we still have the spiritual element of our lives, but we don't have like this tradition that we're raised in. Whatever religion you would have been raised in, right. you know that that this is where you go when you have. Yeah, problem yes. issues of the soul. Yeah. Yoga has taken over for that. Now. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The yeah. Bikram. I have not tried it myself, but I love it. That is yeah. probably where I go to feel the most sort of. Because I'm not religious at all, but it is one place where it's like, okay, you're physically not allowed to be on your phone for an hour, mm-hmm. and there is somebody that's saying nice things to you, like <laughs> shut your mind off and think nice thoughts, and it's you kind of have no choice but to at least try to do that, and it's helpful. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like yoga. I've done some yoga. Yeah. That's good. I'm Are you? At it. I've uh, brought my boyfriend with me a couple times. Are you usually like one of the only guys in the class? Yeah. Yeah, he kinda, is too. He's like a good that. sport about it. He likes it. It's just sometimes it's uh, pretty female heavy in there. <laughs> Dude, it's one. I mean, I was taking classes at LA Fitness, but yeah. frankly, it's it's one of the perks is that there's like fit women wearing skin tight clothing. It's good motivation, right? Contorting their bodies. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and so, like, yeah, fuck yeah. All I'm You're doing the is straight guy in drama club. I'm also a married guy in drama club. Oh, so yeah. yeah like, that's a bummer that, for but, you. But, yeah, like, checking out girls while you're holding a pose is, like, totally one of the perks of it. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're in the plays, you get to kiss the lead, and it's just acting. I so <laughs> my analogy still works. Yeah, I, I did do that as well. I tapped, I, I tap danced in, in Singing in the Rain in high school. Oh did you my really? God. For that very reason. Oh, I'm oh. trying so hard not to be the douchey person that goes, can you tap dance for us real quick? Yeah. Oh, I want to see, see some tape? pictures. I can, yeah. ta- I can tap dance. Some Gene like, Kelly? Like when they bring would bring Gene Kelly out in a telethon, and he was like 95 years old, and it's like, oh, look, Gene still got it. <laughs> Those are the steps oh. I can do. <laughs> Tolly's coming in hot still. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, look at him tapping that foot. I spry ankles. <laughs> I wonder if he liked that or if he's just like, remember me as I was. <laughs> yeah. Gene Kelly was so good. Oh, Sing in the Rain's just a perfect film. Uh, yeah. It's funny that we have to like go to classes and like pay money to not look at our phones for hours on it like that's what i do when i go to the movies like alone sometimes i do that just so i won't be on my phone for a little while mm, yeah. so it's like meditative that's unless problematic yeah yeah why don't you just buy like why don't we all buy dumb phones and these are my smartphone hours and these are my dumb phone hours right oh, yeah i can throw your phone in the ocean if you want could you, you know? do that just for throw, me i just light it on fire <laughs> like hey i miss your phones I wish somebody would make, well, they probably have a dumb phone that you don't have to hit the number key three times to get to the letter that you want. Because that's <laughs> yes. the only thing that would really, yeah. if I had like a, a phone call and texting, like moderately kind of yeah. semi-retarded phone, that would be <laughs> perfect for me on weekends. Yeah. I don't know that I could ever go back to a flip phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. If it yeah. was just, if it was a smartphone, but with only text and calling capability. Yes. And mm. email. 
No. <laughs> no. And the Instagram. emails with and so emojis. Because, like, I don't mind not, <laughs> not seeing crush. Instagram and Facebook for the whole day, but, like, those important emails that come in, they feel time sensitive. Yes. That's what kills me. Uh, it's like, ooh, I got to email this person back right now. Oh, you got one of those jobs, though, where, like, Saturday emails have to get answered Saturday kind of thing? No, I don't. I'm oh. just well, an that's asshole. Not, that's pretty much on, <laughs> essentially yeah. on you. I'm, yeah, I feel, I'm just totally OCD. Like, oh, my gosh, I need to respond right this minute. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, do you, do any of you see yourselves in the women who are depicted in He's Just Not That Into You? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. Because I was wondering, the book is now ten years old, mm-hmm. and I it it seems like it's already showing its age a little bit. Or are women still that dumb and insane? <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Def- def- if you men didn't make us that way, yeah. Yeah. you guys can't see, but I'm shimmying my shoulders in a dumb and insane way. He's very sassy. Uh, thank you so much. I've been working on it in the mirror. Um, I don't know. I feel like we should refer to the movie characters because that has a narrative and it's more fun to say, I'm a Scar Joe. Uh, yeah. um, I think, I mean, do you guys think you relate mostly to one I'm a Jen Aniston character, I would say. Would Ooh. be me eventually. Where I don't... I'm just like, eh, we should probably get married. Yeah. Right? We yeah. have a great relationship. We should probably just like make this shit official. Yeah. Really? After being together for like after 10 years. After being together forever. Like hint, hint. But then I'd be like, if he doesn't want to, I'm like, all right, that's fine. That's how I can see <laughs> okay, myself that's being. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. I haven't seen the movie, nor will I ever. <laughs> okay. Well. But I, but I assume that there's just a bunch of women who are with guys who are not that into them. And then at the 11th hour, they meet guys who are super into them. Yeah. There's one, one particular character that's like that. Everything else has kind of different storylines. Um, I feel like maybe the Jennifer Connelly. The, I tend to uh, look at the best parts of somebody for... Mm like a little too long or I put too much weight on that as opposed to dealing with actual problems. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So there's a character in the book who's just like kind of keeps forgiving bad shit happening. And so I've learned now to like establish better boundaries for myself, but I tend to be that type of a person, I guess, mm. if that makes yeah. sense. There was a bit somewhere in there that I, I copied. Um, this is what it should look like by Greg. My friend Mike liked my friend Laura. After band practice, he asked her out and now they're married. My friend Russell met this girl, Amy. They dated and got married. My friend Jeff met a girl out of town and went and visited her the next weekend and never stopped visiting her until he moved in with her. It's really that simple. It's almost always that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I do consider myself, uh, at least so far, one of the lucky ones in the regard that for me it was that simple. Oh, wow. I was with a bunch of women that I wasn't that into Yeah. because I knew I wanted to be with somebody that I was really, really into. And then when that person came along, I was like, right, it's go time. Oh, right. Awesome. Yeah. How old were you? Uh, uh, I was like 28 or 29. Oh, that's a good age. Cool. She only recently told me that she was like 25, which I obviously didn't know at the time. And that in, that she has mild regrets. Because I always felt so good about it. I think 28 is sort of a perfect age for it. Totally. To oh, yeah. 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 But 25 is kind of kind of young yeah and it's just but what could she do after she met me you know right. oh boy no I mean oh, just <laughs> tap dance right into her heart yes <laughs> can't say no to that Gene yeah. Tully am I right <laughs> uh, but it does it really does work that way it's just like you, you yeah know, if if you have to like pull out all the stops because I've been I've seen women who I knew I dated one girl totally fits the profile of the sex in the city and this book and she was um she's attractive and she was successful and i could feel like she had learned some lessons in her professional life that she thought she could apply to her dating life that okay. she could be like oh we're having a drink but that's not really that exciting i see an opportunity to introduce some flair into this this will become an anecdote you know oh and- not you yeah. like she was using you for stories. No, she thought that she could like rub the sticks together and oh, make it into make it happen. The relationship. She felt like she could bachelor it. I guess like, if we plan some real cool dates, we'll, we'll fall, fall in love. love. That kind of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And in reality, I I was attracted to her and I met her. And then the more I got to know her, I, I liked her as well. And, yeah. and and so I grew to like her a little bit more. But I was never super into her, and I never became super into her. And yeah. I believe if you can find someone out there who does get roped in like that you will find at best a relationship that the guy has never been totally sure if he should have committed to right right and yeah. who the fuck wants that right, right. you can right. pull it off but you can't make love 
Right. It can't yeah. be done. Well, because you're going to have doubts even if you have that, like, total crazy head over heels, like, immediate spark, we're in love completely. Like, you're still going to immediately, or you're still going to eventually, you know, sort of... You should talk about this. I'm a child. Kelsey, <laughs> like I just bailed. I just bailed. I like bailed heard myself spewing all this bullshit, and I was like, Taylor, you've been uh, no. How old are you, Taylor? Kelsey, I'm 23. I'm a garbage human. Look, as a, yeah. as a 23 year old, let me tell you how it is. Yeah. No, if I, honestly, if I met my soulmate right now, I would ruin it. Like, if I met my soulmate right now, even if he was the right guy for me, I would ruin it just by like, you like two's Instagram posts, and then I have to regret it the rest of my life. Like. I I hope to God I don't meet my soulmate anytime soon. But Kelsey's been in a relationship for five years. Yeah. Five years. So she's the resident uh, <laughs> expert on relationships because her and Kane are adorable. And they're both comedians, which is a feat within itself yeah. to have a tough. successful relationship. And Dreamy. you guys met and it was like very immediate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt very, very strongly right away. But I also met him when I was 22 and he was like 24, almost 25. So I also think there's something to be said for if you have kept a relationship going through your 20s, mm. you're going to feel like you've had at least five different relationships with that person because there's so much growth and change happening in your 20s. And so. you felt like that was super early. I oh, yeah. you saying like you were kind of like, oh, shit. I did. I did already to meet him that young. I wouldn't have wanted to. No, yeah, I didn't I, want so, to when I was I that was age. Like, Fuck, yeah. you yeah. know, but I couldn't. I couldn't unmeet him. And right. so, yeah. I, yes. yeah, at that point, I was like, OK, well, I'm I'm in it. I'm going for it. But right. This yeah, is, this is how my wife feels about me. Yeah, <laughs> resentful. Right. It's like being resentful. ready for success. Yeah, right. Resentful. I, I, yeah, I love you, but yeah. for the fact that you robbed me of the best years of my life. Yes, yeah. 100%. yes, exactly. Yeah. everything's a mixed bag. Everything is pluses and minuses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it is that easy though, because like I I dated everybody before I met my boyfriend. Literally and, everyone. Literally everybody, and uh, just felt like there was something wrong with me because I was meeting these great guys and dating these great guys and felt like wow, they're everything I want on paper. What's wrong with me? I really thought I was a lesbian for a while because I'm like, maybe I'm just not attracted to men. Uh, you know, I was like, maybe I'll start I'll making an OK Cupid profile and start looking for ladies. So you I, did meet a lot of great guys. I met a lot of great guys. Okay. I met a lot so, of so douchers too, of but there was a great mix in there to the point where I'm like, I just, I don't know what's going on. Maybe I just need to kind of cool it, calm down. And that's when I met my boyfriend. It was like when I wasn't looking for anything and I just liked him right away. I'm like, oh, this is what people are talking about where you like want to spend time with them and, see, you know, see them as much as possible. And you just, you let, you don't get sick of them. I yeah. never dated somebody that I didn't get sick of before him. Right. And it doesn't yeah. take any sort of weird accommodation. There's no, no there's no mental hoops that you need to leap through. There's yeah. no, well, I just re have to remember to not blah, blah, blah with this person totally that sets right. them off. Like, or talk right. yourself into loving them. Yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. Totally myself. It works. Yeah. We all, as human beings, I believe, are equipped to be able to tell emotionally when things are working and when they are not. It's just whether or not you're intellectually honest enough with yourself and brave enough with yourself to right. face facts. Yeah. No, it's great. I can have fun with him in, like at the in line at the DMV just because we're just <laughs> being, you know, yeah. just cracking jokes and talking. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys are way. both in very like <clears throat> authentic, healthy relationships. It's very oh, beautiful. How long have you been Thanks. married, Mike? Let's see. My kid is uh, five and a half, so six years. Okay. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Not on it real quick. I like that math. <laughs> How's the kid? Is it cool? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's the coolest. Like. <clears throat> Again, I in, in many ways I don't feel like I my life has a lot of lessons for a lot of people's because I, I like I just love I love my wife and she's I mean nobody's perfect but it's I know people who will tell me candidly yeah I'm like seventy percent of the way there on my wife and I don't really know what what, what to do and Wait, it's just like what like seventy percent on the like, way to like, feeling no no like she like she's seventy percent of everything I ever wanted is thirty percent too much to oh they what, straight what, up tell you yo Mike I settled I, if I let her go yeah. <laughs> well no but these people don't necessarily think that they settled I think that they think. I dated people who were 20% of what, of what I wanted or 0% oh. of what I wanted, and I found oh. 70. Interesting. What's the what's the Mendoza line, is what they call it in baseball, of, of mm. where you just go, that's because I'm not at 100%. Yeah. Right. Well, nobody is. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's so impossible. what's what's the number? And I never had to worry about that. You know, it's yeah. just like the more I got to know my wife, I was like, this is just great. This is awesome. And then our kid is like, I know everybody has to say this, but he's just like, he's the coolest kid i mean of course Aww. he's a humongous pain in the ass <laughs> i've been angry at him like three times already today and it's 11 30 <laughs> yeah. but he's the greatest so I, I i don't know it's it's not a it's not a problem some yeah. people's kids suck 
And oh I'm sure yeah, that, and I'm sure that I'm told they still love them, but I don't see how. Yeah, but they don't <laughs> like them, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess so. Sure. It's just like yeah, if there was a, a you know freight train coming through our living room, I'd, I guess I would throw myself in front of it. <laughs> yeah, does, I mean, doesn't mean I want to take you for ice cream, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hang out with you, bro. Like, yeah. but I'll yeah. feed you and stuff. Yeah. Right. I have a question for you. Did you always want kids or did that, that cha- you always wanted and you knew that or did that change when you got older? Yeah. Apparently I used to, I mean, I, I would have told you yes, but apparently more strongly than I used to. Apparently I used to get drunk and say it. Really? Oh my oh. God. You're like the Michael Scott. You're like, I just want to have a million children so I can oh. have friends forever. <laughs> you know that That's scene? That's so <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> you want to see the office? Uh, I, I, I never really got Dipped beyond in and the, out. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I did the English one and I was like, I know the American one's a whole yeah. different thing but I was pretty yeah. good with the English yeah. one. Oh, okay. That's so Hips. sweet that, that you nice. wanted them that yeah. badly. Yeah. I feel like some guys are like, mm, they don't know, and then all of a sudden they really want them, or they just don't ever really want them, and then their their lady friend talks them into it. Yeah. I don't so... get the people who don't know, and I know I've offended some people by being blunt about that. I can totally understand not wanting children, and my advice to anybody, if you're kind of like, I think I might, but maybe you don't. Because right. I used to always tell my friends, like, oh, maybe you're not sure, but once you see that kid. And then I actually did it and stopped talking out of my ass. And <laughs> I was like, yeah. no, if you think you don't want kids, then that's a totally legitimate angle. And I read a – there was a recent study, so I think it was in England, um, it was in The Economist – that um, childless adults are every bit as happy nowadays as adults. Wow. Which oh. just the conventional wisdom would be you'd feel this gaping hole in your life. But no, they have more disposable income. They have more freedom. They are, you know, they're able to, um, you know, pursue interests and stuff like that. So do whatever you're into. But the people who are like, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm starting to think I might be getting to a point where maybe I could consider. <laughs> I think yeah. I made a girl cry one time at a bar because she told me that. And I was like. Mm, shit or get off the pot wow <laughs> that's interesting I feel like very recently like in the last six months to a year I got to a place where I was like oh I definitely have to have kids mm-hmm. and before that growing up I was like I don't know if I'm gonna have kids or yeah. we'll yeah. see like when I was little I was really afraid of childbirth like I went through a lot of phases with it and then yeah, I don't know what happened in the last whatever six months but my body was mm. just like no we gotta do this oh, it'll get worse. It'll, oh, I, I didn't want any terrible. kids until i hit 25 and like oh i need to be a mom someday oh it was just like, like in my head christmas future yeah it was oh, like very the opposite yeah i really? continue to like want them less and less oh as you wow. get older oh, why do you think that is because your life um, gets doper and dope think- <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> that was what i was assuming yeah yeah, yeah i mean also i i'm on a plane like at least every other weekend if not more and I'm seeing kids at their worst all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. seeing kids at their worst and parents at their most unhappy. Yeah. And it's just easy to see that a lot. I also see very cute kids and parents that look very happy with them. But I also, I've always felt a little scared. Like, what if I have kids and I still think my cats are cuter than my kid? <laughs> like, what if I'm just, what if I'm uh, like gambling too high and I and it breaks? Like, what if I actually have the best thing right now right. that I love my animals so much? Yeah, and I might just always be somebody that loves animals more than kids. You should try googling oh. "I love my cats more than my children" and see what kind of results come up. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> would be hilarious. a treasure trove. Yeah, yeah. I, I have know. no feelings towards animals, which I know makes me sound like a monster. Wow. Yeah, I don't wow. know if we can continue to I be think, friends. Yeah. I think they're yeah. really cute, but I don't have any feelings of like I don't feel like I. Need an animal right I'm, I'm the same as you I'm also right, a sociopath same. yeah oh. right yeah I'm a total sociopath I get it like I just you know there's no part of me that's like oh I need I need a cat or a fern in my house but like there is something in me that's like yeah I need a baby Oh, probably my womb. I've seen like a golden retriever puppy on just like walking in New York and I've cried like oh. that's where I'm at where I if I see something that's that precious I just like my body only knows to be like oh my god look at you yeah. like I'm that person oh. that will stop somebody's day to be like I need to just hold it for I a need little to cry bit your that's puppy. the answer on who's the crazy one yeah. <laughs> well I've cried I've cried looking at babies an hour but we got there I cry, <laughs> I cry at strangers dogs yeah, that's, welcome that's, to self help but fair. I've had the same reaction to babies <laughs> haven't you had that oh that, that's the thing the when way Kelsey feels baby. about that puppy is like sometimes I've seen such cute babies where I like I tear up and I'm like too. what is wrong with me but that started happening around 25 I didn't have that feeling at all before then so I don't know what happened <laughs> yeah, you were an early bloomer because at your age, I was still like, nah, that's not for me. Oof. So I changed. I was, I'm was. i a flip-flopper is what happened. <laughs> I think that happens to yeah. a lot of people. I, yeah, I mean, there's no reason that it should be uh, at the forefront of your thoughts when you're in your 
early 20s. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. You got magic to do. I couldn't imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing that really struck me, everything, okay, so the book He's Just Not That Into You is, it's essentially the title just repeated over and over and over again to book book length and book form. He's pretty much the only point that he has, which I kind of respect him for. That's most self-help books. Well, I guess I went into it thinking or assuming that he pulled punches a little bit that ultimately he would he would um he would give women a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down that if he actually told them what the truth he's just not that into you that it wouldn't have been as successful as it was so i'm um happy to see that he did not pull any punches he just threw the exact same one over and over (laughs) and over again yeah, he talked about that on the episode that he was not a fan of sugary self-help books and mm-hmm. that if he was going to write one, it was going to get right to it and not sugarcoat anything. Yeah. So he right. talks about that on our Yeah, he says the title should tell you the answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yes. he did that. <laughs> yeah. So most of it made um, perfect sense to me. And like I say, it was pretty much the same thing over and over. There was one thing that really struck me. Well, let me give you the first part of this. Um, girls are taught a lot of stuff growing up. Do you... Uh, the, the second <laughs> half will take this on a weird path, but let's just start with that. Is that true? Like, did you, you did you feel like you were being groomed for motherhood, or you were being groomed to be a princess? Because I, as a boy, I don't feel like I was groomed to be anything, but I'm willing to believe that we mm. in our society raise boys and girls differently. Mm. That's interesting. My dad always wanted boys, so I was kind of raised as a boy mm. and a, a very tomboy. I was always played sports. Didn't have a lot of like girly type of toys. I mean, I had some, but I didn't feel like I was being groomed one way or the other. I felt like it was a pretty well-rounded type of childhood in that respect. And what now you can you pee standing up, which is so useful. <laughs> yeah, I it's the best. Yeah, have you seen the lines at the ladies' room? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah, the lady just makes eye contact with every single one while she's. Emptying herself. <laughs> worst, worst comes to worst, I'll take off yeah. my top. <laughs> Did you feel yeah. like that, Kelsey? Um, I mean, I feel like growing up, girls watch a lot more romantic comedies and shit like oh, that. Yeah. That obviously feeds us certain oh, yeah. ideas of what we should want and yeah. what is considered romantic and right and all that. But, but nobody but... forces them to watch them. They choose to watch them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we definitely have more of that like girly, like, ooh, I want to see what this is like to watch Jude Law fall in love with Cameron Diaz. You know, like... Holiday, yeah. great movie. Uh, <laughs> such a good movie. Such <laughs> a great movie. Um, it's almost Christmas. It's almost time. We're, we're about to <laughs> review a book called The Defining Decade, and there's a whole chapter in that book about how we don't really go through any classes in school about finding a partner and what Mm. you're supposed to look for and what makes a marriage successful. And so then we're just out in the world, just trial and error all the time. So, uh, I mean, I know I went my previous relationship. I found out afterward that he had borderline personality disorder. So with a concept like he's just not that into you, it's like, well, sometimes it's a lot more complicated than that. But you don't know about personality Mm. disorders until you are in something like that or unless you're like a psych major in college. So... I don't know. I feel like that kind of got away from what you were asking, but it was very interesting. Oh. Well, I, think, so. I, I think I think young girls right. are told to be like, "Oh, be careful. Don't do that." A lot more than little boys. Oh yeah. I think little boys are like, "Oh, that guy's climbing a tree." But if, you know, your little girls wanted to climb the tree, you're going to be a little bit more, "Oh, she's so dainty and fragile." Um, where I feel like that can probably I don't know, change a little bit to be a little right. bit more, right. you know, neutral. Well, and you're told, you know, much more as a little girl, like, you know, don't don't go anywhere by yourself because right. you will get raped and murdered. Like right. you, there's that whole darker element of things. I felt like I was groomed pretty heavily, but I grew up really religious. So I was like raised to be a virgin until marriage and like, yeah. you know, very submissive to my husband and like all that kind of stuff. So, mm. I mean, as far as like very conservative grooming, I right. think mm, interesting. Yeah. No, it sounds like you got, you got groomed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you got groomed. I'm actually, you got groomed, a new reality there's show. a bow on my cheese hat. So, <laughs> <laughs> like be lady like where you told me be lady like yes. don't swear don't do this they kind put of... me in uh ballet classes when i was a kid because my mom was afraid i wouldn't be graceful enough and i was wow. like um i'm just fat <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't make me dance in jeans over my leotard, please. <laughs> I don't know if this is too personal a question, but uh, do, do you feel like your mom wanted you to become the sort of like ladylike lady that she was, or that maybe she felt like, oh shit, I'm I need her to be even more ladylike than I was ever able to be? Mm. You know, I don't know. It's I think it's all so ingrained in in. When you grow up in church, it's so ingrained in the religious aspect of it because, you know, you're raised to become, like, women of God. And so much of how you're raised is based on, you know, what the Bible says. And so I think they're just going off of that template more than they're like, I'm trying to make them like me or I'm mm-hmm. trying to make them better than me. Um, but I think all parents want to raise you better than they feel like they were or help you avoid mistakes they made or yeah. feel like they made. Right, right. Yeah, Everybody definitely. wants to correct the, the mistakes that they made in their exactly. life whereas their kid will avoid their pitfalls but have all new ones of their own. <laughs> yes. Right. So the, here's the, that complete uh, statement, which was the only jarring note that I found in the whole book. Um, girls are taught a lot of stuff growing up. We're all programmed to believe that if a guy acts like a total jerk, that means he likes you. Mm. Also, um. shortly thereafter, if a guy punches you, he likes you. Do you feel like all girls are taught that? As a little <laughs> kid. Well, as a little kid, like in elementary school, it's like, playground. oh, the boy who's teasing you usually has a crush on you because they don't know how to deal with their feelings or y- yet. So yes. I get that part of it. It's totally. like, oh, he's teasing you. He probably has a crush. The whole punching and thing, uh, I mean, it, that all changes when you're older. It's like yeah. the, the teasing becomes, hey, you want to go on a date? So right. I feel like... Right. If there's physical punching then that's obviously that's yeah. some very serious deep issues right yeah, you know, yeah. that's not i'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, a boy over 12 punches you uh, that's a red flag yeah yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. oh but All then the i was i was talking to a coworker the other day about his game plan and strategy for picking up women oh, no. and he oh. does friend zone them and like neg them and do all that stuff oh, to get them Gross. to like him and the shit. worst part is that it works so it's like okay sometimes if he is being a dick he is into you but he's going to come out at some point mm. i have a so, guy friend right? that does the exact same thing yeah. he's a comic and he he fully does that yeah like that's his plan yeah i used to work uh, i'm sorry i used to live in an apartment that clearly the previous <laughs> occupant had subscribed to his name neil who wrote the game neil Strauss. i was just gonna bring uh, up the game yeah. Yeah. yeah that's where all this shit really was right. codified and really brought into the culture it existed before that but how everybody found out about it Apparently, I don't know if Neil Strauss still goes around talking like the game works, but he's still, or at least he was as of five or six years ago, making money on it on the side because this guy was getting newsletters. Really? About like this month in negging. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. But I feel like even that guy is going to tell you he likes you eventually. Like even, even mm-hmm. the guy who's playing the game, they're going to make some moves where it's like, okay. He's been playing me this whole time. Yeah. So I feel like you're going to know eventually. But some guys, yeah, they're just never going to yeah. be into you. At some point, he'll be like, hey, I really like you. And you'll be like, really? You what? do? And he's like, yeah, you idiot. Of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're so stupid. You couldn't tell. <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Like, pick up on my negging. You're an idiot. Yeah. yeah. But if like a year goes by, he's not. He's not even negging you. He just doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, unfortunately, <laughs> we need to uh, to wrap this up. Thank you very much, ladies. This has been fun. Oh, yeah, so much fun. Having us. So nice. Such good questions. Yeah. Uh, at Taylor Tomlinson. And these are all Twitter. Sorry, I know you guys are Instagram. Um, okay. Can I see Tom Horse when I'm talking to? I feel weird about saying Instagram whore to a lady. Uh, Instagram oh. whores? <laughs> we're not. <laughs> we're trying. We're, we're becoming slowly. We're blossoming into we're, yeah. thirstier Instagram people. <laughs> yeah, but we're okay. hoping to get there. For now, your Twitters are at Taylor Tomlinson, at Delaney Fisher, at Kelsey Cook. And of course, the podcast is the Self Helpless Podcast. Yes, thank yes. you thank so you. much. Thank you.